Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Martin Niles, the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, joining us once again today. Martin, welcome back to 2020. Good to be with you again, Neil. Uh, Easter's on its way, Martin. Excited about that. But there's some big headlines that are happening. And let's not talk elections first. Let's talk about one of the most significant things that perhaps is even keeping some of the election headlines off the front page. And that is Israel Folau. And uh, he isn't standing down on some social media posts that he's made, and particularly one that got under a few skins. What are your thoughts about Israel Folau and his latest media post? Well, I think you're right, Neil. The first thing is that the government's going to be a bit upset with him, I think, just because they're not getting their um, election headlines out at the start of their campaign. Um, but that's really not the main issue. Um, the, the, the main issue here is, I think, that Israel Folau has been um, unfairly targeted by, by people who have been watching him. Uh, and have been waiting for him to put a foot wrong. He actually posts um, strongly religious, gospel-orientated and biblical content on his Instagram and Twitter uh, regularly. Um, and uh, he often talks about repentance. He often talks about the love of Christ. He often talks about faith. Um, it, he quotes scriptures. Um, and the mistake he made this time was he put up a, a picture that included the word homosexuals. So the whole thing became crazy uh, a bit of a witch hunt about uh, homophobic comments. Here's the interesting thing. I actually put on my social media, I said, look, to me, his post was pretty inclusive, right? Because he, he includes a whole, he, he's paraphrasing, it is a paraphrase of First Corinthians uh, 6, 9 to 11, where it lists um, it lists drunkards, it lists idolaters, homosexuals, uh, adulterers, liars, uh, and it goes on through a whole list saying, you know, these people not inherit the kingdom of God, repentance, etc. Um, and by the time you get through that list, he actually includes everybody, uh, which is the gospel, which says that the gospel is equally the answer to all people, regardless of background, etc., and sin is real, and all have sinned. And, and that's actually what the verse is saying. But because the word homosexual was in there, that was it. Uh, it absolutely went off like, like wildfire. Um, I think that uh, it's a real shame uh, that some in the Christian community have come out and said, well, uh, it wasn't nuanced and balanced enough, and you know, he could have said it differently. Well, Look at his course of conduct over his social media and see that he does, in fact, post the whole, the whole message. Uh, and not only that, I, I don't want to live in a world where uh, you have to have the, um, the silver tongue of a lawyer or a politician or you have to be trained in media uh, in order to be able to speak out your faith and be able to declare your beliefs. Uh, you know, Israel Folau is a footballer. He's not a wordsmith. He's brilliant at things. He's not brilliant at things. It's the same with all of us. Uh, and I don't want to live in a world where an ordinary person or someone who speaks the language of another person can't speak up about their beliefs. And to be perfectly honest, it wouldn't have mattered how clear he was. It wouldn't have mattered how balanced he was. If he made that point, uh, I think he would have faced exactly the same fate. So uh, I think the answer to this is for more people to be bold, because so long as it's one guy, and so long as he's able to get targeted in this way uh, and this aggressively, you know, it makes it easy for the people who are trying to shut this stuff down. And I think that all it's a lesson to all of us that we need the boldness uh, of the apostles uh, more than ever because we live in an age that's increasingly like theirs and I like to take up the language of the Apostle Paul who said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God for salvation to all who believe so I think uh, Palau is a towering example to all of us 
Towering example, and that's what we call a leader. And uh, interesting, isn't it, that this level of leadership is coming through a footballer. Uh, We often think it should be our church leaders. But no, it's actually these people who, like Israel Folau, a footballer, says, this is what I stand for. This is what the Bible says. And it's not even my words, but the biblical words. And this is what gives authority to what I'll say. And, of course, he's not standing down. He's saying, well, you know, this is more important to me than my entire career, than that $4 million contract, which, by the way, Rugby Australia is threatening to end. What are your thoughts on on that and possible legal challenges here, Martin? Oh, look, I think it's absolutely reprehensible. I mean, you think of the things that footballers have done in recent times from, you know, taking their clothes off in, in, in pubs and, 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 and I mean I just can't even go into some of the stuff. It's just disgraceful. The behaviour of some footballers has been so reprehensible in recent times. Uh, and uh, and in fact it's becoming a little bit of a trend. And yet there's been more outrage and disgust directed at Israel Folau merely for saying something, uh, simply for stating a belief. He wasn't inciting violence, he wasn't doing anything, he wasn't committing any crime. He was simply saying this, in fact, he was quoting the Bible, which underpins the belief system of millions of Australians. Uh, and I think that those who are attacking him need to understand that. Those in the football codes need to understand that shutting this man down sends a message to millions of football-supporting Australians that their beliefs are not welcome in their favourite sport. It's not appropriate. It's anti-democratic. It's anti-free speech. And simply from that point of view, so forget about whether or not Israel Folau is right or wrong, Take it from a free speech point of view. It's, it's reprehensible simply for that reason. This man should be able to say what he says. And the right way to deal with that as a society is not to censor beliefs that we don't like. It is to critique them. Because if you censor the belief that is held by millions of Australians and you say that's not welcome, it's going to breed resentment. It's going to cause trouble down the track. It always does. The right thing to do is for people who disagree and people who agree stand up and say why and critique the belief. And I, I wish that would happen. And I wish more people would stand up with Israel and follow his leadership, people in public places, people in sport, church leaders, and say, yeah, well, look, we, we stand with him for this reason. Uh, that's really, really important. It's funny you make that comment about uh, how he's not standing down. I actually read a couple of articles this morning from a hostile journalist about the fact that he's saying, look, my, my faith is actually just more important to me than anything, and I'll always do what God tells me to do, and uh, I'm not going to step down. And, you know, it's interesting particularly in an article in the Sydney Morning Herald, there was, there was actually almost a note of admiration coming through after all this storm, where you can see that the journalist is quite taken aback, thinking, wow, this man really believes what he says and he's not backing down. And I wish more of us could have that resilience and take that stand, because I think it sends a pretty powerful message to the community that what we believe is true. Let's bring the rest of us into this whole list here for a moment, Martin, because uh, hell awaits. Now, this is... Uh, not pulling any punches. This is really direct. Uh, let's leave homosexuals out of the question here for a moment because that's the word in there that has captured everyone's imagination. But let's uh, bring the rest of us into this equation here. Drunks, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists and idolaters. And uh, either this is uh, the present or the past of perhaps all of us listening into a conversation like this today. We're all a part of this, and even his statement at this time is a reminder, isn't it, that there are consequences for sin. 
and really bringing in the importance of what happens at Easter. So this may be the biggest Easter message or the biggest Easter opportunity to hang the message of the gospel on. What are your thoughts for all of the others who are on the list and just what that is for the significance when you even include Israel Folau's words, hell awaits? Mm. I think it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, really, or at least it's the first piece of the gospel which says, uh, that, you know, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and God being perfect and holy, um, there's a massive problem there, and it needs to be resolved. And the magnificent love of Christ, the incredible thing that he has done, is that he had stood in our place, uh, and he has made that reconciliation But as a man, uh, between mankind and God, as God. It's just unbelievable. It's a remarkable truth that we rest upon. And to have men like Israel say that in a time when it's so unpopular, and it's so unpopular because... We live in an age where the idea that I am wrong is, is, is anathema to our society. Uh, we hear so often that evil is external. It's all about racism. It's all about the patriarchy. It's all about these external forces and ideas, and society is always wrong. But I'm never wrong. I'm a, I'm a warrior here to make society better, is the way certainly millennials like me tend to think. And so if somebody comes along and says, you know what? The line of evil runs right down the middle of the human heart and you are desperately flawed and you just can't see it because you've got such a defense mechanisms built in and they need to be broken down and Christ says that you need to repent and salvation awaits. That's really offensive and yet it's true and it's far from being hateful, far from being condemning. It is the greatest liberty that mankind and men and women could ever know uh, and I think that there's coming a day when all the people in that list will know for sure that Israel Folau was not their enemy, he was their greatest friend because he spoke the truth about something of such tremendous gravity. And yes, uh, it's Easter, and I think it points us to the cross of Jesus. That's the only answer for all of us, which is great. It is the loudest Easter message being proclaimed in this country right now, for sure. And of course, uh, that call to repent, something that we all perhaps need to reflect on, and uh, the issue of repentance not being something that is like a rod across your back, but repentance like lifting the burden off and giving you the freedom that we all have uh, when we put our faith in Christ. Mm. Hey, we're, we're taking a lot of time here. We're not talking much about this federal election that's coming up, but uh, <laughs> your impressions as to how you think the campaign is going so far. Yeah, look, uh, it's really hard to say, Neil. I, I, I do think that the polls um, have shown a narrowing uh, of public sentiment. Uh, I, I suspect that narrowing could continue, actually. Uh, give it a few more weeks when people start listening a little more intently, and it might narrow again. Um, that's a bit of speculation. But I say that because people haven't been listening to uh, the government. Uh, that's the main problem they've had. They've not been able to get their message out. They keep talking about border security, they keep talking about this, they keep talking about that, have been done for a few months, and, and for some reason the polls won't bounce. I keep saying to them, look, it's because nobody's listening. They're all fed up with you, they're all angry with you, they're not taking any notice of politics, they've shut it out of their brain. But then you had the election call trigger and you had the budget, and that actually finally got some people's notice. And then you actually did see a narrowing in, in, in three polls now. And importantly, one of those news polls actually put the primary vote of the government above Labor, even though the two-party preferred was still... Um, uh, 52-48 Labor ahead. But that primary vote figure is really crucial when it comes to figuring out who can form a government. So I think the race is narrowing. The trouble they're going to have is, and this is why Scott Morrison picked the latest possible date that he could, uh, May the 18th. He couldn't have gone any longer. He knows that he needs time. He knows that he's got a bit of momentum in his corner. He knows that he's starting to 
get some victories over Bill Shorten. They're sticking it to him over the electric cars and things like this. Uh, he knows that momentum's on his side, but he, he's just probably wondering, does he have enough time to build that momentum up? And that's the big question. I don't know uh, the answer to that. Um, but they will definitely be trying to capitalise on it. And I think that we can expect to see uh, economic messaging come out very strongly. Uh, we can expect to see border security messaging come out very strongly and power prices, energy, electricity come out very strongly. The, the, the tragedy of that, of course, is that neither side is very keen to talk about what I think is the elephant in the room, particularly in any democracy, which is, are there going to be robust protections for religious freedom and freedom of speech under the next government, whoever they are? That's our job, in a sense, to bring that before them and make sure they don't forget about it. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an item for prayer, and I think it will be pushed to the corner in the election campaign. So uh, we'll see how we go. So there is a challenge there, isn't there, to endeavour to bring that issue uh, of freedom of religion into the headlines. Uh, is there anything that the Christian lobby is planning on doing? I mean, naturally, uh, we'll be talking about these things. Uh, obviously, you'll be trying to uh, break into the headlines wherever you can, Martin, and I imagine that there'll be all sorts of things like meeting the candidates uh, forums and uh, all sorts of checklists and things like that that uh, that you'll be interested in getting out there uh, what a Christian view is on a lot of these uh, policies that are, we're facing for the election. Uh, is there, a, is there a, a plan that you guys have? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we are in about a week's time launching uh, a freedom campaign, uh, which is going to be quite significant. It's a campaign designed, yes, to gain, to get attention now, but also it's a campaign designed to lobby the next parliament and it will continue through the election into the next parliament uh, to make sure that the government can't ignore this. So it's going to be a campaign site to launch, and I could probably even tell you about it next week or the week after, um, on, on Vision and where to go so that people can sign up to that. Five Pillars of Freedom. It's going to talk about what they are. It's going to give examples of where and how they are very much under threat in Australia, real case studies, real-life stories that will alarm everyone, and then give people an opportunity to act. That's going to be a really important piece. Also, we do actually have door-knocking campaigns uh, that are spooling up uh, through the last four weeks of the campaign in key seats, and this will form a part of that messaging. So we're very much active. We're also uh, up there talking to um, the major parties as well. But if people want to know what they can do, I'd say stay tuned for the launch of this campaign. It's imminent, and it's very important. Uh, we'll talk about that perhaps uh, as we go next week and uh, maybe even another uh, segment uh, sometime just to keep us abreast of what some of those developments might be in such a crucial election campaign that's happening over these next four to five weeks. Uh, let's uh, Running out of time here, just want to get your quick insight here because something that we've been following along on 2020 over now a long, long time, uh, the High Court decision that we'd been waiting for with the with the uh, the likes of Graham Preston and Kathy Club. Well, the High Court decision was handed down last week, and it was not in their favour. It was an appeal mm. process they were going through. Uh, what are your thoughts for the decision that the High Court has made around these things we call bubble zones? Well, in a nutshell, I think feeding back into what we we're just talking about, it is another example, and there's quite a few. Another example of the fact of just how fragile freedoms are in Australia. It's incredible. The government made a law <clears throat> that banned speech on a particular political issue in a particular place. Uh, and that's pretty strong. I mean, you think of that principle applied in any number of other areas and it becomes worrying. You can't speak about this subject in this place anymore. Sorry, even though it's a democracy. And that law has been held, upheld. The High Court actually acknowledged 
that the law unfairly singled out or targeted the pro-life side of the argument. So it was biased in its political effect. They actually also acknowledged um, that it set a very low threshold. It was extremely easy to infringe the law. You hardly had to do anything in order for that to happen. And also that it was incredibly harsh. It imposed criminality for low-level conduct, mere communication, even subtle communication. They actually acknowledged all of that. And then they turned around and said, oh, but the law is nonetheless valid because we have this overarching concern that we need to protect, which they called the dignity of women. And as a legal concept, it's concept that's very hard to know exactly what it means, to be perfectly honest. And they kept the law in place. And I think that's concerning uh, in a democracy if they acknowledged all of those things about the law. And so that's why this freedom of speech, freedom of religion stuff is really important, because in Australia, we don't have robust and strong protections to protect, prevent government from going too far on this stuff. And I would just say for those who have doubt, just think of this. Kathy has been made a criminal because she attempted to give a piece of paper to a person as they were approaching an abortion clinic. A very gentle move. She's a criminal now because she has done that for some years as a course of conduct where she has offered help to women who were thinking of aborting their child. And as a result of those simple offers to help has seen more than 300 babies born alive and their mothers ministered to, given safe haven from domestic violence, given financial support, given uh, friendship, whatever help they needed. And I've read the letters from those mums and pictures of their babies, and it's very, very moving. She's done a tremendous ministry over some time, and she is now a criminal. She has a criminal record, and she's not able to continue. I think that's a terrible tragedy. It has something to say about the direction of our nation, but it also has something to say, especially to Christians, but all freedom-loving people out there, this is a serious matter, that we need to increase the protection in this country for freedom. Otherwise, more of this sort of thing could happen. Well, Martin Niles, we'll need to put a line under our conversation. There's so many more issues we could talk about. Uh, we'll uh, talk again on another day. Martin Niles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Let me point you to the website, acl.org.au. You heard Martin say that there are some important initiatives that are coming up uh, in the lead-up to the federal election. Uh, undoubtedly, you'll want to check on some of those articles that you can read on the ACL website, acl.org.au. Uh, getting a Christian perspective on the issues as they develop in the nation and a very, very important time coming up with the federal election. Martin Niles, thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.